Praise the Lord, everybody. This is Brother Paxton coming to you this Saturday morning, April the 13th, 2013. Praise God. We're going to air another classic teaching here this morning. Uh, going all the way back to 1994, here's a message that I preached. It's entitled, Life's Fundamental Questions. May God bless you as you listen. I'm reading from the 8th Psalm this morning. <clears throat> Psalm 8, <clears throat> verse 4. These are words that were spoken by the psalmist David speaking to God. What is man? Now there's a question. What is man that thou art mindful of him, and the son of man that thou visited him, and does visit him, is the original translation of that word. The King James Version <clears throat> writes it, V-I-S-I-T-E-S-T. -E it is in the present. What is man that thou, O God, art mindful of him, and you continually visit him? I want to take my subject this morning, preaching a few moments, life's fundamental questions. Perhaps these questions we will discuss from God's Word this morning will run the gamut. What is man? What is man's purpose? Why am I here? What am I living for? What do I seek? And what is my life? Life's fundamental questions. Father God, in the name of Jesus, I come to you this morning desiring and believing you for a powerful anointing of the Holy Spirit. Father, the words that we speak, be they void of anointing, be they void of the Holy Spirit, they are nothing and they are powerless. But if your Spirit fill them, if your Spirit inundate them, and you drive them to the hearts of the people, Lord, you promised in your word they would accomplish their intended task. And we claim that in Jesus' name this morning, giving you the praise and the honor and the glory. Amen and amen. What is man? What is man? This creation, and we believe that God created. We believe in the beginning, God. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth, and God formed man and breathed into man, and man became a living soul. Jean-Paul Sartre, a philosopher, basically an atheist, espousing viewpoints that destroy the faith that people have in God. 
wrote these words, he said, man can count on no one but himself. He is alone. Abandoned on earth in the midst of his infinite responsibilities, without help, and with no other aim than the one he sets himself. And with no other destiny than the one he forges for himself on this earth. Basically, that is the theory of this philosopher. He's read the world over. Millions of people are subscribing to this. It is a gospel of hopelessness. It is a philosophy of doom. If man is born, man birthed into this earth, given infinite responsibilities, and yet he is alone and abandoned. If that is so, then there's no point in me to continue this morning with this message. If the only destiny that a man can have is the one that he forges for himself, If in this life we have hope only, the Bible says we are of all men most miserable. Being abandoned is to be left to the mercy of someone or something. And I realize that many of these philosophers would consider themselves to be atheist, or they would consider themselves at best to be agnostic, they don't believe in God. They don't know. But the very words that he uttered in that lie, and that's what it is, what I read to you from Jean-Paul Sartre was a lie. Man is not abandoned. Man is not without hope. Glory to God. But intrinsic in his thought that he wrote there, is the implication that if man is abandoned, he had to be abandoned by someone. What is man? The secular humanist says that there's no God. They don't believe in God. They don't believe in the Bible. They don't believe in heaven or hell. They don't believe in Jesus Christ. And therefore... The secular humanists teach that man is little more than a dog. Man is little more than an animal. He he's born, he lives, he eats, he works, he sleeps, he dies, and that's it. What is man? Today in this shifting society, Today, in a world where there are many voices that are crying out for the attention of the souls of man, Hollywood is not reliable. You can't rely on what you receive from them. CBS, NBC, ABC, CNN, newscast, talk show programs, are not reliable. The information is biased. The information is prejudiced. The information most of the time is shallow and you cannot 
rely upon it. You cannot rely upon the information that you receive in many of the textbooks in the schools today. Right now in the United States of America, we've got people that are rewriting the textbooks, the history textbooks that our little children will study. They're taking out all reference to God. They're taking out George Washington's prayer at Valley Forge. Every historical significance that God played in America and in the founding of this nation and the purpose of this nation, they're destroying it and they're ripping it out. It's not reliable. I don't care what the, the august educators say, George Washington, the founding fathers, Abraham Lincoln, all of the great men of a bygone day, they founded America and the principles of America's life on the word of Almighty God. And woe be unto the liars that strip God from this country. Without God, you don't have a United States of America. Without God, truly, there is no hope. Without God, truly, there is no destiny. The one thing about this country of America that makes it great, greater than any nation on the face of the earth, if you have faith in God, there is nothing that you cannot accomplish. Hallelujah! Your destiny is in the hand of God today. Hallelujah. Put your faith in him. Walk with him. Serve him and love him. And he'll see you through. And you can be anything you want to be. Glory to God. What is man? So in a day where so much of the world is spurious, we need something. Human beings need something they can rely on. We need to look to the only, the only thing that has ever been tried, tested, and proven throughout the ages and ages of time. It stood every test of time, the Word of God. Hallelujah. This Bible says that man is not an animal. Man is, is more than a dog. Man is an eternal soul. Man is made in the image of God. Man is built to live forever, to never die. But because of sin and because of the fall and because of, of a, a mighty sickness called sin, death came into this world. The Bible gives us the answers to the destiny of the human race. The Bible, the Holy Bible, glory to God, it gives us the answer to the atheist lie. It gives us the answer to the secular, dialectical humanist that would destroy the faith of millions. The Bible is the Word of God. It does not contain the Word of God. It is the Word of God. It is reliable. It is true. It is factual, and most of all, most importantly of all, in 1994, it is applicable. It is relevant to our life today. Did you get that? It's not just some outdated ancient book that should be in a museum somewhere, but it is relative and applicable to us today. It gives us the answer today. 
just as it did yesterday and the, the centuries of millennia of the past. The Word of God. What is man that thou, O God, art mindful of him? Man that fell. Man that sinned and allowed sin and the curse to come into the world. What is man? Man's more than a brute beast. Man is more than a dog. When man dies, he does not go back to the dust of the ground. Oh, the body will go there. The body will go there and await the resurrection. But man is an eternal soul and an eternal spirit. That's why hell fights for you. Why do you think hell wants to get you bound on alcohol or bound on drugs or bound on, on any number of different things that Satan is using to destroy today? Do you think he wants you because of that fingernail? That hair, that facial feature, do you think he wants you because of that skin, that flesh? No, that flesh will rot and decay. He wants you, Satan wants you, because you are a soul. You are a soul created in the image of God. And God wants you because the Bible said that God has set eternity in the heart of of man. God has set eternity in the heart or in the spirit of man. What is man? Man is created in the image of God. Man was created to be blessed by God. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Man was created to be blessed by his creator. Evolution might tell you that Everything just sort of happened out here, and everything sort of came together, and there was no cause. Baloney. Barf. God. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. God, with loving hands, the Bible tells us, formed man from the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils. And man became a living soul. The very hairs of your head are numbered. What is man? In Genesis chapter 3, verse 9, man that is made in the image of God, man that was given dominion over the earth, man was given by God dominion over this earth. And in the third chapter of Genesis, verse 9, the Lord God called unto Adam and said unto him, Where art thou? There's another question. Adam, man, the word Adam means man. It means man. Man, where art thou? God is still echoing that question today. Where are you? The effects of the fall were not merely some minor little quirk that came into society. It was death, spiritual death, instant separation from God. All of mankind, because of the disobedience of Adam and Eve, all of mankind to be born in rebellion against God. And Paul said the very earth itself 
groans and travail waiting for the manifestation of the sons of God, waiting for that time when this earth and all the inhabitants thereof and all the, the elements that go along with it will be brought back under God's dominion. And God originally gave that dominion to man. Now you wonder why today this world is steeped in war. You wonder why today this world is, is steeped with terrible sins, murder, hatred, emulation, abortion. Uh, the list is endless. It's a plethora of sin that covers the earth today. Why? Because man gave dominion to Satan. Adam in that garden, in essence, changed lords. The heavenly father, God, was no longer his lord. Satan became his lord. Satan thereby becoming the Lord of all mankind. Unregenerate, unborn again man. Adam, where art thou? Adam hiding in the garden because he realized he was naked. He realized for the first time that he was naked. Some of you right now, under the sound of my voice, as you look at your life, and you look at this world, and you look at society, and you're wondering, where am I? And for those of you that don't know the Lord, you're naked today. Open your eyes and see the fact you're walking in disobedience to God. You're walking in separation from God. You're walking in nakedness. Now, I want you to notice that when Adam and Eve saw that they were naked, they were ashamed. And today, sin brings guilt. Sin brings shame. The vast majority of the mental problems that people are experiencing in the, the world today, I speak mainly of America. I love this country. I love this nation. I believe this nation has been called of God to take this gospel to the entire world. And yet... Today, in 1994, February, there are more cases of mental anxiety, mental sickness, mental disease than ever before in the history of the world. Of course, I do not have all the answers. No one does, to be frank with you. No one, no... no human being, I don't care how brilliant they think they are, they don't have all the answers, but I can tell you this much. Man that is separated from God, man that we talked about a minute ago was created in God's image. The soul of man is so big that pot can't fill it up, Crudweiser can't fill it up, Jack Daniels can't fill it up, Cocaine can't fill it up. Illicit sex cannot fill it up. The soul of man is so big that only God can fill the soul of man. Only God can meet the deepest needs of the human race. And man is sick with sin. And sin brings guilt. Sin brings a load of guilt. And sin brings shame and humiliation. The effects of these things can cause people to react in strange and unusual ways. 
Men that don't know God don't think right. People that are not born again and renewing their mind by the word of God do not think right. Their thinking is off. Their thinking is erroneous. Their thinking is along the lines of Satan and the flesh. Now listen to me. <clears throat> Unless you are allowing the word of God to renew your mind, your thinking will be dominated. Your thinking will be controlled, by and large, by Satan, by the world, by the flesh. You must take God's word, allow the Holy Spirit to empty you of yourself, that sin-filled, sin-benighted, horrifying self that is in rebellion against God most of the time. Let the Holy Ghost empty you of it and be filled with God. Jesus called it born again. Jesus called it born again. I know there are people today in this United States of America that scoff at those of us who say we are born again Christians, but I want to tell you it's the only way it's the only way you'll ever make heaven your home. It's the only way you'll ever find peace in your life. It's the only way you'll ever find joy or contentment. Born again, washed in the blood of the Lamb, washed by Calvary's cleansing flow, the blood of Jesus. It is the only way by which man can take on a new spirit. That dead spirit, that spirit that's separated from God. You see, when God told Adam, you're going to die. The day you eat of that tree, you shall surely die. It was not a physical death that he was speaking of. It was a spiritual death. There's three deaths mentioned and taught in the Word of God. Physical death, spiritual death, and the second death, which is eternal death. When, Adam told, or when God told Adam, Thou shalt surely die, he was speaking of a separation from himself. That moment that you disobey me, that moment that you do that which I have asked you not to do, that moment that you walk away from my leading, you will be separated from me, God was saying. And we know that that happened. The fall came in, the effects of the fall, sin. By one man's offense, sin entered into the world. But glory to God, glory to God, hallelujah. Much more by the righteousness of one, God's free gift of eternal life has come into this world. Hallelujah. Man, where are you? After 6,000 years of selfishness, 6,000 years of hate, 6,000 years of walking in opposition to God. Man, where are you? <clears throat> for the first time, these, these past years of history, from about 1940 up to now, tremendous technological advancements, tremendous scientific progress has been made, I guess, in the earth. I mean, the advent of television, the advent of the automobile back in the early 1900s, late 1800s, whenever it was. Many advancements that man has made, but at the same time, we have the capability of destroying the entire human race 
one bomb. We have the ability of destroying the entire human race with one bomb. The entire world can be wiped out with one maniac that pushes the red button and the whole thing is blown into smithereens. Where are you? Where is man today that cannot feed its population? Man today that worships gods other than the Lord God. Countries of the world that are starving to death. Where is man? Man is on a collision course with eternal destiny. Really, man outside of Jesus Christ, a man that's not born again, a man that doesn't know the Lord, cannot forge his own destiny. He goes along, he's led along by the Pied Piper on the way to hell. He's played like a puppet by Satan. Satan plays man like a puppet. Take a drink and man does it. Satan says take a drink and man goes along like a puppet. Satan says cheat on your wife and man just like a puppet just goes along. Satan puts thoughts in minds of people, thoughts of murder, thoughts of hate, thoughts of rape, thoughts of, of all kinds of hellish demonic design, and man is powerless outside of Jesus Christ. Glory to God. If you want answers for your life, if you want power over your life, if you really want to forge your own destiny, get on God's side. Get on the winning team. Hook up with the power of God. You can see your destiny based on eternal principles, based on eternal promises. You can see your life begin to take shape. If you'll walk with Jesus, if you'll get born again, let God have his way in your life. And Adam saw that he was naked. And he was ashamed. Sin brings shame. It brings terrible guilt. So he got the brilliant idea that he would take some fig leaves, put them together, and put them around him to hide his nakedness. And man has been doing that ever since. Man takes the fig leaves of religion, Baha'ism, Shintoism, Islam, Confucianism, Atheism, Humanism, fig leaves. And he tries to cover his nakedness with them. Man tries to hide his shame by being a good moral individual. Paying his bills on time. Paying his taxes. Providing for his family. Having a kind word for the elderly lady that he meets uh, in the supermarket. Becoming a Boy Scout. Fig leaves. Fig leaves. It's a poor attempt to cover the humiliation and the shame and the nakedness of your sin. They're fig leaves. They'll rot. They will leave you exposed. You see, Satan is the author of the fig leaves. And man is the author of the fig leaves. I'm going to tell you this. This is going to be hard for some of you to take. 
but anything that you can come up with in your mind, listen, anything that you, man, can come up with in your mind to save yourself, to elevate you closer to God, anything you can think of in your mind is fig leaves. Either you're the author of it, or Satan's the author of it, or both. But God is not the author of the fig leaves. God came along. He killed an animal. And I believe from the word of God and from many scriptures to come in the Bible and from this scenario right here in Genesis that God did this in front of Adam. God was showing Adam the way to redemption. The killing of the animal. Sacrifice. It was an innocent animal. The blood was shed, typifying the perfect, atoning sacrifice that was to come of Jesus Christ. This is God's way. And he made coats of skins to cover sinful man with. Today, that coat of skin is a typification, a typification of the blood of Jesus Christ that today, listen, not only covers your sin, not only covers my sin, but washes it away. Hallelujah. You can have your sins washed away by the blood of Jesus Christ. That is the only way to rid yourself of the guilt of the humiliation, of the shame, of your nakedness. Your fig leaves won't do it, mister. You've got to get the coat. You've got to get the garment of righteousness that only comes from Jesus. you got to change clothes. Throw off those filthy rags of unrighteousness and sin and put on the garment provided for you by the Lord Jesus Christ at Calvary. A perfect typification. Where is man? And the next question we want to look at is in Genesis, the 27th chapter, and the 32nd verse. I'm hurrying to preach this message. We're leaving out parts of it. The glory to God, the Holy Spirit's here to do His work this morning. Genesis. Genesis chapter 27, verse 32. And Isaac, his father, said unto him, Who art thou? He said, I'm your firstborn, Esau. Now, we've talked about briefly what is man. We know that man has been made in the image of God. We know that man disobeyed God, fell, fell into sin, the Bible says in 2 Corinthians 4, 4 that Satan is the God of this world and that men that are not born again, men that are not regenerated by the power of God, men that are not washed in the blood of Jesus are under the domain of Satan. We talked about where is man. Man is in a place today of terrible hopelessness without God. Your only hope is in God. Your only hope can be found in Christ not in the weak and beggarly elements of this world. This world is sin-benighted and under satanic control. 
And now we come to the question, who is man? In all of this, all of the sin, all of the despair, all of the agony, there's a song on a program called Hee Haw. And they all get around and they sing gloom, despair, and agony on me. And brother, that's a perfect picture of this world without God. Gloom, despair, and agony on you. But praise be to the name of Jesus today. I'm not under that agony. I'm not under that agony. I found my Savior. I know in whom I have believed. And I am persuaded that he is able to keep that which I have committed unto him against this day. This is an evil day, but God's people will stand. God's people will make it through victorious. Who are you? Who is man? I want to tell you this. We've talked a lot about sin this morning, but never mind the sin. Listen to me. Never mind the murder. Never mind the stealing. Never mind the rape. Never mind the drunkenness. Never mind the drug addiction. Never mind it. Never mind the homosexuality. Never mind the lesbianism. Never mind the sin that has stained this planet. Never mind man's inhumanity to man. Every human being on the face of this earth, every one of you, I don't care where you are, you've asked yourself that question this morning, where am I? But no matter where you are, you're valuable to God. The worth of a human soul, Jesus said that you are so valuable, what shall a man give in exchange for his soul? If you get all of the riches of this world, if you accumulate all of the riches of this world, what will it profit you, the Bible said, if you lose your soul? You're valuable. You're precious to God. The world might look its nose down at you, and others might look their nose down at you, and some in the church might look their nose down at you, but you are precious to God. Precious in His sight, valuable to heaven. You are created in His image. You didn't come from a monkey. You didn't roll up from an amoeba. You were created, sir. You were created, lady, in the image of God Almighty. And he loves you, and that love is reaching out, calling out your name today. You might be steeped in the agonies of the worst sin imaginable. But God and his precious love is reaching out to you today. It's a sick world. It's a lonely world that we live in. It's a sin-filled world. 
It's a world where many, many people have set their hearts against God. Satan has brought into bear every power, every force, every demon of hell to destroy you because he knows that you are valuable to God. Maybe some of you under the sound of my voice right now, you've sat there, you've seen a life that's wasted. You think thoughts, if only I could have changed this. If only I would have done this. If only I could go back and live my life again. And maybe right now thoughts of suicide have come into your mind. Just end it. Just end it all. This world is a lonely place. This world is a horrible place. There are no answers. And let me tell you, sir, with man there are no answers. But with God, all things are possible. With God, He's got your answer. He's got every hope that beat in the breast of Abraham. Every hope that beat in the breast of Isaac and Jacob and Moses and David. Every hope that beat in this entire earth, every hope of redemption, every hope of happiness, every hope of companionship, he wants to give it to you today. Receive him now in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. The answer, the answer that you need, you can find it in Christ. Only in Christ. Drop the macho. Drop the macho that says, I don't need God. Mister, you need God. Drop the macho that says, I can figure it out for myself. You need God. Drop the macho that says, I'll live it my way. You need God. You need Jesus. You need to be saved. You need to be born again by the power of a holy God. Glory to God. Just drop it. Can it. Give that heart, that heart that's broken right now, give it to Jesus. Glory to God, glory to God. You'll never be sorry. You'll never be sorry. In the 37th chapter of Genesis and the 15th verse, Genesis chapter 37, verse 15, this is what it says. And a certain man found him. And behold, he was wandering in the field. Are you today wandering in your field of sin? Are you wandering in a field of loneliness? Are you wandering in a field of depression? Are you wandering in a field today of drug addiction? This man was wandering in a field, and the man asked him, saying, What seekest thou? We've talked about what is man, briefly. We've talked about where is man, Briefly, we've talked about who is man. He's very valuable to God, and he's wandering in a field. And God is saying, what do you seek? What do you seek? It was an interesting verse in the New Testament that the disciples came to Jesus and said, Master, 
all men seek for thee. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. That's a great sermon. All men seek for thee. And that is the truth. They may not recognize it as such. They may not say, well, I'm seeking for Jesus. I'm seeking for God. But listen, man is seeking for completion. Man is seeking to belong to something and someone. Man is seeking to be loved. Man in a society that is black and dark is seeking to find happiness, to find hope. And in reality, everything with a man's heart is wrapped up in Jesus Christ. You won't find any happiness outside of him. You won't find it in Harvard. You won't find it in Yale. You won't find happiness in Princeton. You won't find happiness in a church building. Glory to God. But you can find happiness in Jesus. You can find it in Jesus. You will not find the heartbeat. You see, man's heart beats for love. Every one of us. You take a baby that's born into this world. He doesn't know hate. Give him some time and he'll find out about it in this world that we live in today. But every, every human being alive is searching for love. They're searching for companionship. They're searching to be acceptable, to be accepted by somebody. And God has all of those answers and all of those provisions already made for you today, sir, lady, whomever you might be. Your search can be over just like that. Glory to God. If you're sitting there and you tremble, you tremble as the Holy Spirit's dealing with your heart right now, I can tell you, glory to God. If you're sitting there and you tremble, you tremble as the Holy Spirit's dealing with your heart right now, I can tell you, if you will throw yourself at the foot of the world's Redeemer, if you will bow at His feet and say, I'm tired of living it my own way. I'm tired of going to my own mind for the answers. I'm tired of listening to the vain philosophies of a sin-filled world and a humanity under the dominion of Satan. God, I want your way. God, I want your power. God, I want to be born again. You have just found your answer. The psychologist can't give it to you. The people in the mental health profession don't have any answers for you. They'll give you pills. They'll give you dope. They'll give you medicine. They'll give you drugs, but it won't help you. Because it's a soul problem, it's a spirit problem, and only God has the remedy for your soul and your spirit today. He's made himself available to you at no charge. Oh, hallelujah. Come to the waters of life and buy without money or without price. And then he said, though your sin be red like scarlet, I'll make it white like wool. I'll wash you clean. I'll wash you clean. Clean as the driven snow. God wants to clothe you in his righteousness today. He'll mend that broken heart. He'll calm that shaking hand. 
and he'll put new life into you. You can start, you, you can have a second chance. Man that is on a collision course with Armageddon today, destiny, can grab a hold of the hand of the man from Galilee and your destiny can change. You see, you don't need to die and go to hell. What are you seeking for? What are you seeking for? You don't have to die and go to hell. You don't have to live a life of separation from God. You don't have to be controlled by your own sinful impulses. But you can let God come in to preeminence in your life. And he'll lead you in the ways of the Holy Spirit. I was praying before this message this morning. I've told the Lord, you know, I've had enough of Lamb's ways. I don't want my ways. I want God's ways. I want the ways of the Holy Spirit. To close it out, I want to read from James. James, the fourth chapter in the 14th verse. This is what he says. Whereas you know not what shall be tomorrow, for what is your life? There's a question. What is your life? It is even a vapor that appears for a little time and then vanishes away. Man made in the image of God, man created in the perfect likeness of God, Man that fell, man that disobeyed, man that is very, very valuable to God. You see, you're more valuable than a dog or a pig or a cow. Don't buy into that lie of evolution. It's a lie. It's a, it's a damnable lie. You are valuable to God. And the only way you'll ever be fulfilled in your, heart, in your heart, your spirit, your life, is to come to Jesus. And last of all, what is your life? When you come down to the end, what is it? It's like the stay of the postman at the door. It's like sparks that fly upward from a bonfire. They shine for a brief moment in all of their brilliance, and then the night air extinguishes them. What is your life? It's, not, it's like a snowflake that falls from heaven, and it hits the raging waters of the river, and it disappears forever. What is your life? Yours can be a life of confusion, a life of slavery, a life of bondage, or it can be a life of hope in Jesus, victory in Jesus, power in Jesus, salvation in Jesus, faith in Jesus, a life of prosperity in Jesus, a life of 
happiness in Jesus, the choice is up to you. You can follow the world's crowd to hell. You can follow the thinking and the theories of Jean-Paul Sartre, and you can go to hell. Or you can follow the spirit of a living God, a living God with a living word and a living Christ who right now is making intercession for you. He's pleading your case to God the Father. He knows you're sitting there with that needle in your hand or that bottle of Seagram 7. But he don't look disparaging at you. He's pleading your case to his Father. Hallelujah. Reaching out to you with his love. Reaching out to you with his love. What is your life? If you will come to Christ today, your life will take on epic proportions. And you can know joy and you can know peace like you've never known it before. Life's fundamental questions. Who am I? Where am I and where am I going? I would pray today that those of you under the sound of my voice, whomever, wherever you might be, would go God's way. Look down at yourself today and see your nakedness and realize that with all of your vaunted intellectual abilities, you can't make it. You can't beat the game without Jesus. That humble Galilean that walked the shore of this earth and it's an amazing thing because Jesus met hatred with love. Jesus resisted hatred with love, totally unlike the world today. Jesus showed mercy and compassion. He's still showing it today in a world that doesn't know anything about it. And he wants to be your Savior. He wants to be your Lord. He wants to be a joint heir with you in the kingdom of God. Hallelujah. He wants to put his spirit into you. He wants to open up the words of this treasure house called the Bible to you so that you can renew your mind. He wants to heal your diseases. He wants to restore your family unto you. He wants to bind up your broken heart. Let him do it today. Come to Jesus. Come to Jesus. Don't put it off. I want to have a word of prayer with you. For those of you that are sitting there right now and say, I'd like to come, but I don't know how. I want to take you step by step. You are about to enter into the greatest relationship you've ever had. Some of you are sitting out there the product of broken relationships. Here's one that will never break. Glory to God. Commit your heart to Jesus, and he's committed to you totally, 100% forever. 
You must recognize your need for a Savior. You are a sinner. And you must realize that you need a Savior. You don't have to pray my prayer. You can if you want to. It'll, it'll work. I've seen it work for a lot of people. The words of this prayer won't save you, but if you believe it with all of your heart, you'll be saved. So just right now, wherever you might be, if you're sitting in front of a cassette tape player, if you're sitting in front of a radio or television, and you hear this evangelist, drop to your knees right where you are and repeat this prayer right out loud. Right out loud after me. Dear God in heaven, I come to you in the name of Jesus. I am a sinner, Lord. You know I've been trying, but I know that I need help. I can't make it on my own. Life is too hard for me. I can't make it on my own. I believe in my heart that, God, you raised up Jesus from the dead, and today he's seated at the right hand of majesty on high. And I confess him with my mouth right now as my Lord and my Savior. I will trust him. I will obey him. I repent of my sin. I change I make the conscious decision right now, God, change me, change my ways, and save me from my sin today. Cover me with the blood of Jesus. I will serve him, trust him, and obey him to the best of my ability. And right now, I confess it with my mouth, I am saved. Glory to God. If you just made a decision for Jesus, we want to rejoice with you. Praise God. Praise the Lord, everybody. Thanks for tuning in this morning and listening to a message that I preached now nearly 20 years ago, uh, and that was in Manistee, Michigan. My wife and I were newly married. Uh, I had been in the ministry, uh, I've been in the ministry since 1981. She had been in, in her um, outreach work for the Lord Jesus Christ since 1985, and in 1993, we got married and combined our efforts and been doing it ever since praise God but thanks for tuning in and listening to this classic audio sermon preached uh, from back in our day hallelujah and uh, coming up next on this Spreaker web radio channel we are going to have a music uh, block of programming it's called Saturday morning rocking out for Jesus and we're going to rock you back but let's worship the Lord amen let's worship the Lord Jesus together thanks for tuning in for this classic sermon and we'll see you all a little further on down this road in Jesus' name. Bye-bye.